You're listening to Inside the Mix, Episode 7. Welcome to the Inside the Mix podcast. I'm your host, Mark Matthews, and I'm excited to have you here with me today. Whether you're a synth music producer, artist, or enthusiast, I promise you'll get something out of this show. Every fortnight, I serve up interviews with synth music artists and provide you with an insight into their careers, creative processes, influences, and music industry tips and stories. Let's dive in. Welcome to episode seven of the Inside the Mix podcast. I'm your host, Mark Matthews, and in today's episode, I'm joined by Herman Maximus, aka The Future Kids. How's it going, Herman? How are you? Hi. Yeah, I'm fine. Brilliant. Thanks brilliant. for having me. Not a problem, man. Not a problem. I was excited to, um, to start this conversation, so I'm really looking forward to this. Yeah. Um, so I've got your bio here. I sort of got this from your, your Facebook. So the Future Kids debut Dreamwave, Dreamwave album, mm-hmm. Lost Summer. Um, yep. It's been re- it says due for release, but it's actually released. It's been released, hasn't it? Ah, I need to change it. Yeah, it's been released <laughs> uh, the 29th of January. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I've seen you've had some really, really good feedback on it already. Uh, top of the Synthwave Bandcamp charts. Congrats, man. Uh, yeah. <laughs> is, is, is that right? Uh, well, it, it it was on the on the. I think so because sometimes it changes a lot, and uh, I think it was on top, uh, and I was pretty high in the general charts, electronic chart as well. Fantastic. Good work. So, uh, yeah, so the album uh, Lost Summer was released through London-based record label uh, Outland. Um, Some big names on that label as well. You've got in the the synthwave scene, like Dana Dana Jean (laughs) Phoenix. Uh, I've got a few more here. Is it uh, Calax? I think Calax was or is on there as well. Time Cop 1983 um, at one point. Well, uh, Outland is is also uh, an organizer of live events, and they also do uh, artist management. Uh, so I think they they did some uh, organizing for uh, uh, event organizing for Time Cup. Yeah, and they distributed I think uh, vinyl for uh, Calix. Ah, nice, nice. Yeah, yeah. yeah. so that's, that's some some good shoulders to be rubbing rubbing with in in terms of your release, man. So um, yeah, I'll, I'll dig yeah, into that I, a bit later in the podcast yeah. and and yeah, get your experience saw, on that. Yeah, I just saw those names and I just signed the signed the contract. <laughs> I don't blame you. I don't blame you. Um, so what I'd like to start with is just like, if we go into your background, so like life before the future kids. So um, can you can yeah. you tell our audience a bit more about your like musical life before you started the future kids, like your yeah. influence and your background? So some people might be surprised that I, I'm actually a, a saxophone player uh, uh, by, <laughs> by training. I, I, I started playing saxophone when I was seven, seven or eight years old. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I played at the Christmas uh, events, and I was also in a funeral band. Oh wow! Yeah, so I played. I played in an ensemble when they put the person in the ground. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> wow! How <laughs> long did you do that for? Well, um, I think I did it four or five years. Oh, or but but I kept I mean the formal education I, I kept playing until I was seventeen or eighteen yeah and I kind of lost interest oh wow yeah so yeah. saxophone is like your main instrument then have you I I can't recall I listened to the album I don't recall hearing any <laughs> saxophone on it no actually I I I don't really like saxophone on I do not <laughs> no uh, interesting man interesting because yeah. like saxophone's quite like popular isn't it when you listen to um synth wave or dream wave or anything yeah, along those I lo- lines i i load it <laughs> do you <laughs> that's yeah, yeah, amazing really, i can't listen to it but I, I don't i don't play anymore because i had an accident uh when i was I, uh, 14 or 15 um i i ran into a wall it's not a joke i really ran into a wall and i hurt my lip and i have a scar on my lip that that stops me from playing comfort- comfortably oh wow yeah that's such a so shame. that's why, yeah. But my dad, he's a, um, an organ player. Yeah. So he used to play. Used to play in church on the big organs, um, and, and of course there was always a piano in the house. And I, I just start started picking up piano more than than I was playing saxophone anyway. So yeah. So I, your background with piano, then, are you self-taught? Would you consider yourself self-taught with piano, or did you no, take lessons? I, I, yeah, I, I did take lessons for one 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 year, 
Yeah. But, but classical music, I wasn't really into that uh, mm. at the time. And I just started, uh, yeah, uh, after some, you know, I, I started um, making hip hop. Nice. So I, I had a little keyboard and, and I was going from there and learning myself. Hip hop. What? Um, yeah. What? What sort of hip hop influences? What sort of hip hop? Yeah, I think at the time, uh, the, of course, Wu Tang Clan was nice. was yeah really big. Yeah, and uh, you know all the old school hip hop uh, music. Uh, there were a lot of DJs around because yeah. I was trying to be a turntablist, and um, yeah, I bought a lot of mixtapes with like underground instrumentals. Uh, with scratching, <laughs> with a lot of scratching in it, and, and yeah, amazing. Cuts, and, yeah, yeah. That's that's yeah, that's my background, really. Do you think um, any any of the, the hip hop um, yeah has influenced? Can, have yeah. you tried to take that forward in any in any of the future kids stuff? Yeah, yeah. I think it definitely shows because I started on a four track recorder, and and you know you are very limited. You mm. you have to bounce the drums into one. You can only have one bass track, one synth track. So I I think that that really influences my music now and. Um, also the the structure of the song mm-hmm. uh, i'm i think i'm more hip hop based than than really uh, uh, more loop based than really songwriting yeah yeah I, I totally see what you're saying do you find then when it comes to writing having those limitations so if you've got a limited yeah. number of tracks to work with do you think it yeah. helps the writing and compositional process because Mm. I find personally when I'm writing something, I, I, it's open ended. I can have as many tracks as I want, and I can get lost in the amount of tracks that I'm using. Do you think it's yeah. it's better to have those restrictions? Yeah, I, I think if you focus yourself on just a few synths and and a few tracks, it, it really can be helpful. Yeah, in the, in the writing process. But you know, in the end, when you're really finishing the the songs. You 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 need more tracks uh, just to add detail and and uh, I think you it's it's convenient to have but I think when you are developing your your style and music I think it's better to start smaller yeah 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 totally agree thank you so your musical uh, influences so you, you touched on the fact you played saxophone um, in various yeah. occupations you played piano. Um, yeah. So growing up, when you were in those formative stages of your sort of musical career, what what music, what artists or songs really like left their impre- left an impression on you? Um, yeah, I, well, my life really changed when I when I heard uh, Moon Safari by Air. Uh, that that is really a pivotal point in in, in me making music myself uh, because they were lo- were using a lot of uh, vintage synthesizers. Um, and and the kind of music they were making, it's like a sort of synth pop, uh, you, you know, where, right? So um, from there, I just started buying vintage synths. It's it's as simple as that. So that for me was a turning point, and I started taking music production more seriously as well. So you touched on the fact there that you you bought vintage synths. How many do you own yeah. at the moment? None. <laughs> oh, none. None. No, okay, well, I, I no, I I had a a sort of a, a, a decisive moment when I was uh, I think tw- twenty four, twenty five. I needed to decide what to do with my life. Uh, uh, do I continue, uh, you know, uh, spending my time on uh, on yeah this hobby at, at that at that moment? Mm-hmm. And I was getting a little frustrated because. You know, people are always complaining now how, how hard it is to make money from music and they are always complaining. But you, you have to remember uh, around 2000, you couldn't get a record deal anywhere. Yeah, uh, yeah it was uh, because, you know, the, the pirating of music uh, really, really prohibited any, any signing of smaller artists. And the internet was not big enough to make an audience on your own. So... Yeah, if you didn't make a major label, basically you you had nothing. Yeah. So that was for me was very frustrating, and why I decided to yeah to sell my my stuff. I suppose um, touching on what you said then, I suppose back then there was no middle ground really. Like you say, you either you either no. get signed by a bigger uh, big label, sorry, um, 
or or it's nothing. Like now, you've, we've got all these options to promote music now online. Yeah, Facebook, Facebook yeah. didn't exist, so mm-hmm. uh, you were on your own. You know, I made a website <laughs> actually when I uh, when I released like a demo a demo album uh, that was I think two thousand and three or something. Uh, but but you know no nobody really visited visited it and yeah it just bled to that yeah I suppose 2003 that would have been just before MySpace MySpace would have kicked off yeah 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 that was yeah around around that time I had yeah. a little MySpace going but yeah it was still all all really simple and not yeah. as organized as now you you I mean I have five five thousand. Uh, listeners on Spotify uh, that that would have been impossible. Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. Yeah, totally. Yeah, think so about MySpace. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 it is. There are so many things out there now to help independent artists just go DIY right. and make the yeah, and release music. Yeah, you just have to commit to to promoting your music. You you can't be sitting around and, and mm-hmm. waiting. You you have to be active and. That's important, but but if you are motivated and, and want to want to do it, yeah, it, it's there. The the audience is there. Yeah, I totally agree. I think it's, touching on what you said, then it's a case of um, I, I totally agree with the fact that you cannot sit back and release music and sit back and expect the listeners to come to you. You really do have to yeah. work at it, don't you? And to promote your promote your music because it's so easy to. I say easy. It's not easy, but it's because you can create music in effectively on a laptop on a laptop now and release it there's a lot of people yeah. releasing music so at the same time you've got to yeah you've got to try and make your way through that noise yeah and i i have to say um i started making music again because of time cop 1983 uh not 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 as much the the, the music itself but because but because he he's really the example of of like what, what you can can achieve mm. uh and, and he has a similar background as me uh, making music, uh, and I and I thought to myself, well, I, I didn't have a big plan, but but I I was motivated when when you know I, I read his story and and I didn't know all these all these things I I didn't know how far uh, virtual synthesizers had evolved and I didn't know anything about Instagram or Twitter or or Bandcamp I didn't even know yeah. Bandcamp so, really yeah. Wow. That that was going to be my next uh, line of questioning was like the birth of the future kids. Um, so you touched on their um, Time Cop 983 sort of influenced you to start um, yeah. to start releasing music under that name. Um, I could put you on the spot here now a bit, but what was it about the Time Cop story that really sort of kickstarted you to do it? Um, when I when I started again, I, I wasn't really thinking about making entire tracks. I, I just wanted to get to know the 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 virtual the new virtual synthesizers because when i stopped around 2006 i think um there there were a few virtual synthesizers but they were bad uh you know they they were not sounding sounding really really good and mm-hmm. um your the computers didn't really have a lot of uh, processing power to really take advantage of all, all, everything that, that that they could do so um I, I was just really excited to because i had a uno 6 when I when I stopped, um, uh, when I sold my synthesizers, and I just wanted to get to know the the emulations and 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 see how they sounded, so that that's why I started again. Amazing, amazing. Yeah. What's um, so with your musical creation creating now? What um, virtual synthesizers are your go to uh, ones that you're using at the moment in your writing? Yeah, well, my main synth is definitely the synth one. You know, synth one. It's like a classic. Yeah, synth one. Synth one. It's written synth and then one. Okay. Uh, it's amazing that so so uh, so many people haven't heard of it. No, I can't say. I, have. I was racking my brains out, and I think is is it a native <laughs> plugin with a door? Um, but I can I can I can rack my brains out. I'll look it up after the um after the podcast. Synth one. Yes, it's really really good. I, I I literally use it in every track, and and some songs are are ninety percent. That that synthesizer. Oh wow! Uh, yeah, yeah. I I don't know how I I was just looking for free 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 uh for free uh, virtual synthesizers and and that was one that uh, kept coming up. So 
That's a freebie uh, as well. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. Even better. Um, and you yeah, have I mean, it in 64-bit. Uh, yeah. 64-bit. Yeah, I was looking for free free synthesizers in 64-bit, and there aren't so many, so... Nice, man. Um, what what yeah. DAW are you using to create your tunes? Well, I used to run Cubase uh, in the past, uh, but but I I wasn't really enjoying that in the, at the time, and um, I kind of compared what was out there, and and I settled for uh, 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 Ableton. Oh uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Amazing. And I'm really happy. Yeah. Yeah, I haven't used Ableton too much myself, to be honest. I, I use Logic Person. Uh, I, I used Ableton yeah. a while back. It's fantastic for live performance. I don't know if you've uh, if you've ever done any live performance with Ableton, or maybe have plans to. Yeah, I, ha- I have some plans to incorporate it uh, when, when yeah when things get get normal. Get back to normal. <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah. I, what is it like over? It's so like sidetrack now. What is it like in Belgium with regards to the whole COVID situation at, at this point? Well, you know, I, I don't really like to go out. So, <laughs> oh, fair, fair enough. <laughs> I suppose it's quite, quite, quite easy then in that in that respect. Um, yeah, well, well, I think for many people, creative people, uh, uh, the, it was actually a, um, a bit of a break from from normal life. Because I, I wrote all my songs in, in in lockdown. Oh, did you? Yeah. Oh, amazing. I suppose, um, yeah, you can settle down and focus without the distractions of the outside world um, yeah, and, in those situations. And, and I, ha- I had a lot of comments on the album saying it's it's a nice escape from from being lock- locked down. Yeah. Locked in. And, um, yeah, it, it, yeah I, I understand why why people feel that way oh, amazing so c- circling back to the future kids um one good question is what inspired you to come up with the name what inspired the future kids the yeah. name um uh well actually the name uh, was different at first uh, i started with uh, the lost kids okay uh because i saw some graffiti on the wall saying uh we are the lost kids uh i i think they meant we are lost for for uh well this generation is lost mm. uh and i well that's uh more a uh, cultural or a uh, uh, general um a general topic mm-hmm. but i think many many people feel feel disconnected from from life yeah from society it's a bit deep but i i think it's really true uh, people are getting really individual. Uh, uh, you know, in my family, um, we used to have big parties with everyone, yeah. and that that kind of kind of diminished and faded away. Um, do you, I, I don't know. With regards to that, do you think that's the the whole digital revolution has played a part yeah. in that in terms of mobile phones and the black mirror and just yeah, people yeah, being absorbed sure. in technology in their phones, and it's then. Yeah taking them away from what would you, what would have been that human interaction uh, where. Yeah. And I think in general, people are, are more frustrated than, than they used to be because on television, you only see, you know, the, the famous and, and influential people who mm-hmm. are perfect and, but, but life is not perfect. Yeah, I totally agree. I think what you see on TV can be a distorted reality or hyper reality. I don't watch TV. I don't watch TV. I don't watch the news. I don't listen to the radio. I, I don't care. No, I, it's a, I think it's a really good way of, of living um, when you're not diluting your cup, as it were, with all those outside influences from the news, from TV, um, yeah. and having to filter all your ideas through those that muddy water, as it yeah. were, for one of a better analogy. Yeah. Um, yeah. How long have you been doing that then, not um, accessing any of those external influences? Well, I, I haven't been watching TV, TV for 15 years, I think. So that, wow. that wasn't a big change. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, with, with, with uh, the whole virus thing, mm-hmm. I, I, well, I used to check the news every day as well on, on my phone, just, just reading or on my computer. But I stopped doing that as well. Yeah. How does how does social media factor into that? Because obviously, looking, I suppose you can yeah. cherry pick what accounts you follow. Yeah. Um, but no, do you find I, 
I was not on Instagram or Twitter before before I started uh, this project. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, the label said it's a good idea to start doing that. So yeah, I just you know I think it's it's really not that bad because the synthwave community is very positive, mm-hmm. and and there is no uh, there is no re- no real um, distractions there from from other uh, other topics. So for me, it's okay. Yeah, I don't mind. That's really cool. It's um, this is the seventh interview now that I've done uh, for this podcast, and every yeah. every person I've interviewed when we've gone into the synthwave community said the exact same thing, which is so cool. Um, and how like yeah, yeah, how supportive and how like welcoming the synthwave community is. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You mean that? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. It's it's amazing. Uh, yeah, yeah. So I was the lost kids. Uh, yeah, but apparently there were a lot of bands already on on Spotify. So I tried to release one song on on the major platforms, but it was it was put in, in the wrong artist name. Uh, so I needed to come up with something else, uh, and that's right. when um, that's when I started thinking. And in my description at the time in SoundCloud, I, I was talking about uh, the future that that synthwave is the is the future we want for ourselves, uh, something we are making. And that's why I was thinking, yeah, why, why don't I just use the future kids? And and uh, it means it means um, we we are we are the kids from the eighties. Yeah, yeah. And and now we are now what what actually we wanted to be. Yeah. So are you you're you're wishing for that era again? Is is that is yeah. that where you're going? You want the that the eighties yeah. feel, the eighties culture yeah. the the environment of the 80s yeah we are we are we are still the kids that we used to be yeah no yeah so did you grow up um in the 80s then uh, i'm not gonna ask, yeah. I'm gonna ask what your age is but you you grew up in the 80s yeah, so you yeah, experienced yeah, yeah, a yeah, lot yeah. of it yeah a lot of it yeah yeah and and, and so, yeah i i i was young in the 80s, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, grew, in the 80s. I grew up in the 80s yeah yeah Unfortunately, I, I was born in the eighties, but I mean, I spent about four years in that decade, so I can't yeah, can't really I, recall I, 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 any of it. Yeah, that's so cool. Would, um, thinking back now, obviously, you say you you want to go back to that era. I'm assuming then the eighties is the it would be your favorite decade if out of the decades you've experienced. Well, yeah, we we probably romanticize it. Uh, you know, it wasn't all good, mm-hmm. uh, but but yeah, it was our childhood. So yeah, I I think. Yeah, it, it was for me the best time there was at the, the time I knew. So, yeah, I think so. We'll be right back. So I've got a hunch about a common struggle we all face, mastery. If you're an independent artist or music producer, you've probably encountered the frustration of masters that just don't hit the mark, right? They lack balance and refuse to play nicely across different devices and environments. Ever found yourself wondering, why don't my masters sound like my references? Perhaps you've spent countless hours attempting to master your tracks only to be unsatisfied with the results. Maybe you've tried every Silver Bullet plugin or even dabbled in AI. Or perhaps you're already working with an engineer, but you're eager to explore different possibilities. Well, here's the solution you've been searching for, Synth Music Mastering. I'm offering a game-changing opportunity with a one-time free test master for a limited time. Picture elevating your music with my unwavering commitment to quality and a personalized touch that you just don't get with the big mastering studios. The best part, it won't cost you a penny. Just submit your finished mix and let's see how we can transform your music together. Don't let mastering be a mystery any longer. Say goodbye to the frustration and step into a world of sonic excellence. Grab your free test master now, click the link in the episode description, or head over to synthmusicmastering.com. So yeah, sorry, sorry. So I interrupted you then when you were explaining the the, the birth of the name. Yeah, so, so yes, and then... Um... I changed it, but I, I was like, I'm really bad with Spotify and, and this whole promotion thing. And I, I started talking on Facebook about it. And and one of the Outland guys w- was in the same group. And I was just talking about how hard it was. And, and uh, I had a lot of uh, plays on um, SoundCloud, like 15,000. Oh, wow. And, and they were like, okay, send us your demo. 
Uh, so I sent them my demo uh, through email. Yeah. But, but that was um, when I needed to come up with another name. Uh, that was at the exact same time. Uh, so uh, after a few days, I got a new name and I started to change uh, my SoundCloud and, and, and other accounts. And uh, I didn't hear from them. And uh, I, yeah, I didn't really know what was happening. And my wife, she said, well, why don't you try again and ask them if they, if they even got it. And then I, I got back to them and, and they said, we, we couldn't listen to your music because the links were, were dead. <laughs> <laughs> Good job yeah. your wife pointed you, uh, it prodded you to go and contact them then in that case. Yeah, yeah. So without my wife, no, no the future kids on Outland. Oh, wow. Wow, you got a lot to yeah. a lot to thank your wife for in that case. Yeah, it's, I was um, kind of depressed. I was a little bit depressed. I I I thought, why, why aren't they sending me back? Yeah, yeah. So you mentioned that you had fifteen thousand plays on SoundCloud. Um, I haven't actually, admittedly, checked out your, your SoundCloud. I've just been listening to your your stuff on Spotify and, and Bandcamp. Mm-hmm. So, what song is it? Does that song feature on the new album? The one yeah, that had fifteen thousand plays. Uh, yeah, I, basically all my songs were on SoundCloud at, at one point. Uh, I just I was just making them and and instantly uploading them to SoundCloud. Right. Okay. Yeah, cool. So all my songs were on SoundCloud, and um, I, I was progressing all the time. First, I I wanted to release an EP, but I just kept making more tracks. So mm-hmm. then I had an, a sort of an album. Uh, and that's when I, I got uh, an outland was really happy because they wanted to release something immediately. And I, I had all the materials. So it, just, it was just a question of fine tuning. And so in terms of really, I suppose it, it might be hard for you to gauge, but it, releasing it through outland, what would you say mm-hmm. releasing it through a label um, to our audience? What would be um, the, the main benefit or benefits of releasing yeah. it through outland for you? Yeah, the, the benefits are huge for me because I was trying to do it myself and I, and I had uh, maybe 200 plays on, on um, Spotify mm. and they, they, they can really push it. They, they have the know-how, they have the contacts. I don't think I could have done it without them. I know it's possible and some people do it like uh, your last uh, guest, uh, Zach. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He's yeah, he's the his example how how to do it well. Uh, but I I can't, I can't do it. I can't do I can't do that. No. It's um it's a lot of time, isn't it? A lot of time you'd have to invest as well. And yeah, it's just knowing how to do it, mm-hmm. uh, how the timeline, how how to prepare. Yeah. So um, with regards to signing to a record label. Uh, from from your perspective, uh, if you were to give yeah. someone advice, um, our audience advice on releasing a song or album through a record label, what yeah. would be the, the key advice you would give them? I would say try to find a label that releases music close to uh, the, the style you are making, obviously, uh, because you are benefiting uh, from the artists that are on, on your label. Uh, the audience they already have uh, and, and if your music is in the same style of course it, it will connect a lot faster than if you are on a, a different label yeah who, who has yeah different kind of music uh, releasing brilliant excellent yeah. stuff thank you so um moving on to the the debut album so in the beginning i mentioned lost summer so it was released on the 29th of january so that was two weeks ago at the mm-hmm. point of us us just um going through yeah, this podcast here um, so I've gone through um, the band camp so the feedback from what people have written on there is, is amazing for example I've got one here which is awesome 80s vibe could chill to this for hours uh, favourite mm-hmm. track Sunset Love Part 1 uh, I really like this album and lots uh, it's uh, just an absolute stellar dreamwave release it's great to chill to when you're trying to solve the Rubik's Cube and the worries of the world out, are outside your door so sort of t- touching on what you mentioned earlier about taking you away from reality and putting you somewhere yeah. else um, which is, is so cool to read that people are um, responding to you with the same thought process. Um, so you mentioned uh, earlier that the, the tracks were on SoundCloud. So that was going to be one of my yeah. questions was when you started the, the production process. How long did it take you um, approximately, like start to finish, to put all the tracks together? 
Well, first of all, I, I was really blown away by, by all those comments. Uh, I really didn't, didn't expect it. Um, because I was really anxious and nervous uh, coming up to the, to the release. I was uh, lying awake at night and, and thinking to myself, will anyone listen? <laughs> uh, how, will, how will they respond? And, and it was really, really nice to, to see how people reacted. Someone even said they were, they were crying to, oh, the, wow. to the track. So yeah, yeah that's that, amazing. that was definitely, yeah. And, and you know, that that's all you can wish for, that people connect to your music because I, I don't care about fame or money or anything. I, I just want people to, to find a connection with music. That, that's what I want. Mm. That's what I want with music. And it's cool to see people doing the same with mine. No, that's a fantastic goal and it's a fantastic outlook to have. And if you're having that emotional connection, like you say, if someone's crying listening to your music, you've got that emotional connection. It's amazing, isn't it? Yeah, and, and I think Synthwave of, of, of any music I heard is, is the most emotional uh, because it does the same for me. And uh, yeah. Why do you think it is? Why do you think it is? it because of that, um, what you yeah. touched on earlier about wanting to go back to the, back to a different, yeah. uh, remove yourself and go to a different time? You know, I, I still can't understand uh, how how it's possible that synthwave even exists. <laughs> uh, uh, I still can't understand it Bec because I I was actually following that kind of music uh, fr from the start of Kavinsky. I, yeah. I was because he was on the record label of Air, and I was on MySpace. So basically, the minute after they posted Kavinsky's album is coming out, I read it. Yeah, and um, I. I didn't really like his album, but um, I kept following that kind of music and I didn't know it existed. It's, it's really, really weird. Yeah. It's convinced. You mentioned Kavinsky then in, in MySpace. I didn't realize Kavinsky's been around for that long. Yeah. Yeah. He, wow. he was, he started on MySpace. That, yeah. That's where record maker was that, you know, everyone was there lifelike, uh, uh, Alain Brax, uh, I think even Daft Punk. <laughs> Was on yeah. MySpace. Yeah, everyone wow. was there. So, yeah, I briefly went on MySpace. I don't. I don't even know if it still exists. I think it exists in one format or another. I can't say. I it's should on look it. it up. Maybe mine Yeah, yeah, it. yeah. I, I think the last time I looked at was years ago, and um, yeah. yeah, I can't tell you what it's like now. If you um, had MySpace, you have you were you have been a producer for for a long time. <laughs> yeah, I was in I was in a heavy metal band when I when we were with MySpace. We had a, yeah. a MySpace page for that. Totally, totally yeah. different style of music altogether. Um, yeah, but yeah, for me, for me, the style of music hasn't really changed a lot because yeah. I was making a sort of synthesizer music anyway. Yeah, that's why that's why I was immediately drawn to synthwave because it was so close to what I was already doing, mm. and, and it just gave me a big uh, push to to try again. What is it? It's probably quite a tricky question, but what do you see the future for? How do you see the future for synthwave? Do you, do you think more subgenres will be created? Do you, do you see it becoming more um, involved in mainstream music? Yeah, first of all, synthwave will never die. Let's get yeah, that brilliant. out of the way. Yeah, never ever. Because uh, synthwave, it's not just, I think the best, um, the best genre to compare it to is hip hop. Mm hmm. Uh, because in hip hop, you know, you have the three uh, pillars of uh, hip hop. You have a rap, you have breakdance, and you have uh, graffiti, the, the art form. Yeah. So it's similar with, with synthwave. You have the music, you have the, the aesthetics. Yeah. And, and you have like a, a, a broad, a broad sub, subculture. Yeah. Yeah. Not, no breakdancing or, or turntablists. <laughs> but... Yeah. That's an amazing way to think about it. I've never thought about it that way. Yeah, hip hop is actually the was the only kind of music that had a broad cultural movement. Yeah. No, no other kind of music has done the same with with, with uh, cultural influences everywhere. But now you see synthwave everywhere. It's everywhere. Yeah. yeah. The aesthetics are everywhere. The music is, you know, like Miley Cyrus and and The Weeknd. Mm -hmm. It's just everywhere. Yeah, I suppose like like you mentioned with the three pillars. Um, I think what I was getting at is with with synthwave. I've never obviously you've got the synthwave aesthetic as you mentioned, um, and the culture and the music. But I've never um, 
put it side by side with hip hop. And I, I, I totally see what you're saying. And it's a really cool way of thinking about it. A yeah, really you cool way. So I have, have like the, the clothes, you know, we, mm. we have a certain style of, of clothes and I think you can compare, compare it. And so Synthwave keep evolving and, you know, you have stuff like, I don't know if you know it, uh, Dream Punk. I Dream have Punk heard of is, it. Yeah. And, and it's just getting started. I'm, I'm sure. Yeah. That, that's so cool. It's such a, such a good way to, way to explain it and a, a really good way of articulating why it will continue and it will continue. And yeah. it, it, like you say, will never die. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. let's make t- let's make t-shirts <laughs> yeah yeah start marketing numbers yeah that's a fantastic idea I, I, i'm sure they probably exist somewhere somebody somebody's selling them somewhere Synthwave never dies yeah, yeah yeah it's going to exist somewhere um so the, the the creative process going back to the release of the the record when yeah. it comes to actually writing the songs what how do you start that process? What inspires you to start writing a song? Do you have a set formula or is it yeah. sort of an organic process? No, actually, I, I have a few MIDI controllers um, and I just assign, I just assign a bass uh, to one of them and I assign a sort of a, a general lead or, or percent to the second one. Yeah, and I just start playing around. Cool. And 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 nine times out of ten, I I just I just can't come can't come up with anything. And yeah, sometimes I hear something and I keep working on it. Yeah. Do you you mentioned earlier about your hip hop influence and loops? Do you incorporate loops into the the writing of your records as well? I mean, like for example, drum loops or or but with, with loop with loop, I don't mean I don't mean actual loop samples okay i mean loop loops as in we keep repeating the same uh the same like eight bars or something oh right i i yeah. get you now okay cool yeah. yeah yeah i see what you're saying now i see what you're saying yeah i don't look it's like uh like you have the french house movement which mm. is a filtered house looped house uh because that's also a part of my uh my background uh, and it's also very, very similar to hip hop. Yeah. Uh, so that's what I'm, yeah, that's what I'm using. Oh, amazing. You, your background, your musical background is quite, quite varied then. Did you just yeah, touch well, on them in French? Yeah, I, I think they are pretty close. Uh, I don't think it's a, a big difference between them. Yeah. Because they are all influenced by each other. Amazing. Like synth pop and French touch and, and hip hop. I think they are. And trip hop as yeah. well. They are, yeah. You know, before all the fancy names like chill wave and <laughs> trip hop and yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. What's really cool is that uh, touching earlier. This is the the seventh podcast I've done. But every time I speak to different artists and say, "How did you get to the where you are now in terms of like your musical journey?" Mm-hmm. and the backgrounds that people have that leads them to synthwave are so varied. Um, yeah. but they all like lead into this funnel and they end up, um, in synthwave or, or some form or another of synth yeah, music, it, which is so cool. It, Cause it's got people yeah. with so many different musical backgrounds. Yeah. And I, sometimes I'm, I'm, I'm blown away by, uh, you know, I, I talk to a lot of people and, and like you say, they have so different backgrounds and mm. I'm thinking, why, why can we like the same music? <laughs> because I'm, <laughs> yeah. not, I'm not into metal at all or, or, or any, you know, any rock music and, and they like the same music as me. It's, it's, yeah. Yeah, it's odd, isn't it? It is really odd when you when you put it that way. Um, maybe, it's, maybe it is because of those three pillars that you mentioned where you've got the music and you've got the, yeah. the, the, the aesthetics. I can't yeah. remember the other one. What was it? Music, aesthetics, and <laughs> I don't know what. Uh, I can't remember what it was. Uh, I'm sure those listening will remember. But yeah, maybe it's to do with oh, that subculture. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So all of us, although we come from different backgrounds, we're able to associate with something from one of those three, which then leads yeah. us to all go in that same direction. Yeah. Um, so going back to the creative process again. So the artwork for the the album was provided by is it Synth Synth Razor. Yeah, I pronounced that correctly. Synthesizer. Yeah, yeah. Synthesizer. Yeah. <laughs> I got that wrong. Synthesizer. Yeah. Um, what made you uh, go with that uh, particular artist? Well, um, leading up to the release, uh, and even a little before, 
I was having a, a really hard time finding the the right artwork that, that clicked with my music. Uh, I, I have gone. I had a, a few guys I had paid, but I wasn't I wasn't actually happy with with what they did. Yeah. Um, and I just saw a cover he did for um, von Kaiser, and I was uh, I I said I really liked the colors he was using and and the kind of uh, style because I I think in synthwave we often use uh, a lot of the same cliches. Mm-hmm. And I like to to see synthwave uh, a lot broader than just the the grid and and the neon. Yeah, no, yeah. I, that's really cool. I think and yeah. I think by doing that as well, you you sort of push push it a bit forward as well, and you by bringing in those other influences and those different yeah, aesthetics. I, I don't like Ferraris. I, I like. Um, I like normal cars. You know? <laughs> yeah. I don't like a DeLorean as well. I, I don't think it's, well, you know, it's, it's a cool car, but I, I would never buy it, but I would buy a station wagon. <laughs> yeah. Me, yeah. So, I, I would yeah. totally agree with you on that one. I'm not massive into my cars at all. So cars are functional device for me. So, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And no, I, I totally and agree. I, yeah. And I still like BMXs and, and I ski, I still skateboard. So yeah. And uh, and that was really like an element that not many people were using or are using, uh, like like yeah, just uh, they they are all chewing the the same stuff again and again. And I just try to do something different. And if people don't like it, okay, they they don't like it. I think it's really cool artwork. In, in fact, yeah, I, I, I was going so as far too. as to say that um, as soon as I saw the artwork, um, I got in touch with the artist and sort of put the feelers out because I'd like to like use it myself. Not okay, your artwork, perfect. obviously. But no, um, I'm happy because he's yeah. a really cool guy. And and I said to him uh, because he really put a, put in a lot of work, and I'm I was really bugging him the whole time to change small stuff. And I said I, I will help you find other people. <laughs> That's that. find more more work yeah no, no that's really cool really cool and like, it, like i said it is really cool artwork and it, i think it fits really yeah. well the the, yeah. the imagery used in there um yeah thanks yeah t- totally man so with regards to the album um listening through it my favorite track is uh is yeah. midnight drive um if yeah. i was to pick a track from the album um what sort of like i don't know if you can remember i might be putting you on the spot here a bit but what sort of inspired yeah. the creation of midnight drive uh, that's a that's a good question. Actually, the uh, the the track I made before that was uh, "Purple City Nights." Yeah, that that was actually the track that kind of um, kind of sparked my album uh, because I, the, the the tracks I was making before that were, were okay, but when I listen to them again, I, I I can hear the stuff I used in the songs that are on my album, but the tracks themselves were maybe. You know, not not a hundred percent. So I made Purple City Night first, mm-hmm. and I, I was using that template to because you can hear some of the same sounds coming back in between those two songs, uh, and I was just playing with the same sounds again. Yeah, and and I I was like I said I was just playing with my keyboard, and all of a sudden I I had the uh, the main melody playing. So I just recorded it and, and started from there. Yeah. That's amazing. I'm going to go back and listen to both those tracks now and see if I can pick out the, the repeated elements in the, in the second track. Yeah, you, you, you'll hear uh, that, that they are similar, but um, I just, you know, I, I changed some, some things and uh, the, 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 the one, one is faster, one is slower. So you, would, you wouldn't immediately see the, the connection between them. Well, actually, they're they're both one uh, sixteenth uh, bases. Yeah. So yeah, that's a hint. <laughs> I listen out for it, and the listeners will as well. Yeah. Um, yeah, fantastic. So moving on to like the future. So um, mm-hmm. my question was going to be where where are you in your musical journey? But you've basically just released released your yeah. your debut album, haven't you, via yeah. via Outland, yeah. which is which is fantastic. Two weeks ago. Um, yeah. So kind of. Circling back to what you said earlier about your music and what you want to achieve with your music is just having that connection with with your yeah. listeners. So is that your end goal for your music then? 
Well, the end goal is to make music I like myself uh, because I'm I'm probably my 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 own biggest fan, like <laughs> like, uh, <laughs> like a lot of producers are. Yep. Uh, yeah. So I, I still listen to my album all the time, and uh, it's not in a pretentious way, not 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 a not in any way. I I don't want to be pretentious because actually I didn't think it was that good. Uh, well, I like I liked it a lot myself, but I was insecure. Will people like it? Or, or like I said, uh, but but my main goal is still to to make music that I enjoy. And um, yeah, it's it's a it's a hard proce- process to make music. I think um, many many producers will agree. I, I can't understand producers that that make a, a song every week because that's impossible for me. For me, it's a real struggle. I, I have to break 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 down walls to to get there. No, I totally agree. I think I'm always astounded by the the rate at which some people can churn out music. Um, because because very much- so to yeah, to make one good song, I need to make two hundred that are bad. So mm-hmm. yeah, hundred percent. And I think for every lead line I might write or every pad I create, probably nine times out of ten, it it falls into a file of obscurity somewhere and never gets used. Um, yeah, and and I always get depressed when I when I hear other other good producers like Kallax or, or or Time Cop. <laughs> but you know, you have to you have to get over it and do your own yeah. thing. You know, sometimes yeah. you try to sound like them, but it doesn't work that way. You have to be yourself. Um, but what I was going to ask you next was like, what advice would you give to a new sort of independent artist? But you sort of already sort of start answering that question uh preempting yeah. it so do do it for yourself and and be true to yourself yeah that, i think that, yeah, that go on. every aspect in life just be yourself even if that even if you are weird, <laughs> just be weird. <laughs> yeah i totally agree i think going back to what you said earlier about writing music that you enjoy if you can sit if you can sit there and listen yeah. to your own uh, music and enjoy it i think you're doing something right yeah. definitely do as an artist yeah. So I, I always have respect for, you know, sometimes people ask me, can you listen to my song? And, uh, you know, maybe, maybe I don't like it as much as they do, but, but I, I, I try to be positive always and, um, yeah, just help people to, to find what they, what they are looking for. No, and that's really I, cool. I, yeah. I try to do the same for myself. <laughs> <laughs> I suppose that's that supportive nature of the synthwave community, isn't it? Like when somebody posts a song, say, I'm um, getting feedback on their track and yeah, and just support well, them and so they can continue. Yeah, I will never say anything very negative. I just try to find points that maybe can be improved. Uh, and if if I don't like it, you mean that's my personal opinion. That that doesn't mean the the song is bad. Uh, yeah. That's kind of my my general idea uh, for for music. Uh, I, I talked to uh, uh, Mikko Matsins about this. Uh, I, I, I said, you know, um, I think uh, music has been um, has been um, too much of a, a business. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, people try to make music that everyone likes. That's how popular music works. But I think we are reaching a, a stage where, you know, popular music will. Will, well, it will will always exist, but there will be uh, more people looking for a personal connection rather than just something they want to hear ten times and and nothing nothing more. Yeah, I, I would totally agree. I think with with popular music, it's quite easy to you can have a hit factory and you have that formula that you know will yeah. appeal to the masses, um, and. It gets to that point whereby you listen to the top forty, and there are no connections with the music that you're listening to. I say the top forty yeah. in the UK, um, and yeah. you can't formulate that connection. You may get the odd ch- tune every now and again. You actually that, yeah. that's that's managed to break through the noise, but more mm. often than not, it's just formulaic. And I'll tell yeah, you, really. I think that's what, what because, like you said, uh, music has be, has become so accessible, and. Um, Many people are, are making music and there is a lot of good music even when it's not produced very well. It's, mm-hmm. It can still make a connection. And, and, and that's, you know, I don't want, want to necessarily uh, reach a big audience. I, I just want to find people who connect with my music. 
No, that makes perfect sense. That makes perfect sense. And you've done that as well. And it shows, yeah, like I said, reading yeah. out those comments on the band camp. So whatever you're doing is, is certainly working and working yeah. really well. Yeah, um, I like that. So sort of coming to, coming to the end of the, the, the sort of chat now. Um, yeah. So where can our audience sort of find you online? I know we mentioned social media platforms earlier. Where can they find you online? Yeah, well, actually, I had a website made, uh, a general website. It's thefuturekidsmusic.com. And from there, you can pretty much find anything. All right, brilliant. Yeah. What I'll do is I'll, um, I'll get all the, the links, et cetera, and put it in the episode notes. So yeah, for yeah. the audience can then just click on the links and, the, and take it through the, to your the website. Web, and... the, the website has probably cost more than I'll ever make. <laughs> <laughs> Did you outsource so it? Check it out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, website. Web, having a website built is, uh, is an expensive business, isn't it? Yeah. But I I have a, a, a my normal work. I have a business, and you know I just uh, I just uh, find a way to do it. <laughs> yeah. uh, cool. Well, that's brilliant. I mean, thank thank you so much for spending the time um, to chat with me today. I mean, yeah, I've been looking for forward me. to this chat, man, because your, yeah, your yeah. music is great, and I really yeah. wanted to pick your brains on how you got to where you are. So it's been fantastic. Yeah. Um, and I'm sure anybody listening would would have would have got the same. Um, so I hope the album continues to do as well it is, as it is doing. Um, by the time this podcast comes out, I think it will be end of March, early April. So yeah. it would have been out for a couple of months. So everybody yeah. listening, please do, yeah. please do follow the links in the, in the um, description and go check the album out because it is yeah. extremely good um, synth wave. So please do that. Um, and that's pretty much it. Hopefully, um, yeah, man, keep writing the music and then it'd be great to chat to you again like later in the year or early next year if you've got any more tunes or anything or just uh, come on again and have another chat about how the album's been received yeah, yeah. Six, six, eight months down the line, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe when, when I have a new album uh, because I have, a, I have I signed for two albums. So oh, one, cool. one's, one has been released and the other <laughs> is not far along, but we'll see. Yeah, all right, that sounds brilliant, man. Well, once again, Herman, a big thank you for um, stopping by today. Yeah, and um, thank you too. Yeah, I'll speak to you soon. Yeah, okay, thanks. Cheers, bye. And there we have it. That is the end of episode seven. A huge thank you to Herman for dropping by and keep an eye out for the Future Kids' latest releases. Social media links are available in the episode description. If you love listening to this podcast, and this episode, please do leave a review in Apple Podcasts or Podchaser. If you'd like to know more about me as a producer and mix engineer, please do visit my website, markmatthewsproducer.com, or as a mastering engineer, visit www.synthmusicmastering.com. You can also reach out via Facebook and Instagram at Mark Matthews Producer. Website and social media links are provided in the episode description. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast and look out for episode eight, which will drop in two weeks, Tuesday at 6 a.m. Thanks for listening. Just a friendly reminder before you go, don't miss out on your free test master at Synth Music Mastering. Imagine enhancing your music with my dedicated commitment to quality and that personalized touch. And guess what? It's absolutely free of charge. To claim your free test master now at synthmusicmastering.com or click on the link in the episode description.